Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the DM. So come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-round good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is Elbrum, a male Asmar warlock with his pixie-familiar Sill. The affable Mick, who plays Calidus Magnus Lunior, a male elf-marked wizard. Saber, the binary gear-forged paladin, whose maker had a sense of humor when placing his soul gem. And without further ado, I am pleased to introduce the charming Oraki, hailing from the Kuru tribe of Dabu, a female Knoll cleric following a vision. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We're using the D&D 5e ruleset, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast, that's the campaign. Now, welcome to the show. In this episode, the Grey Company has returned to their tent in the refugee camp. Time to rest, time to heal. As the night's moon sets and the stars shine to their fullest, Elbrum, as always, awakens for his vigil, but on opening his eyes he finds a pixie has alighted on his chest. With luminescent black eyes, black hair, and silvery skin, Silhouette Starfire introduces herself to Elbrum and treats him like her big, less cool brother. The Grey Company learns that the Elven Kell Brothers' past is not filled with Buttercup's honey and dancing, but instead is damnably deadly, a past that traps the brothers in its machinations. Goodbye, Morden. Goodbye, Ventus. Perhaps your story has yet to be written in the Annals of Fadun. Time does not stand still for the Grey Company. They've lost a day, lost the elves, and now they're greeted by a middle-aged knoll named Oraki, who's found the Grey Company by following her pool-of-the-sky vision. An anxious Princess Karima arrives with news that Sweet Hasna has been murdered, and prominently, on her corpse, is a magical tracking device called a calling cat necklace. So, what do you think? Can the Grey Company get their groove back after losing the elves? Can they connect the dots? Do you want to know more? Well, sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. I'm here with Mick. And a couple of interesting things happened because we lost two players. Our two elves have disappeared to mysterious circumstances, which are really not that mysterious. I mean, I have some ideas. And we got a new player, and I thought, you know, it'd be good to talk about these, the people that left and, and the new person that came in, because the new person that came in, now, Mick, you yourself wrote a ridiculous 10-page backstory about your, your character, where you tried to influence my DMing decisions oh, on how things happened. Oh, harsh. Influence? Yep. Cajole. Direct. Yeah. A so, tiny advantage, perhaps, would be more accurate. And you guys have probably heard the viewing audience that we talked about a Sergeant Mehmet and how Mick had used yes. Mehmet in his backstory to try to get an inroad into the police 
in the city of Pervasta. Which it was, still, it was good. I, which, which I should remind you, has still not yet paid no, off. No, it didn't pay off because no, I mean, it, I, it will eventually. I, mark I, my words. So I immediately you, turned Mehmet into yeah, not a sergeant, him. but I promoted him to a yeah. lieutenant so that you wouldn't come across him They're as easily. Gonna, I'm not going to meet him now, am I? Well, I, I think you might. But the new guy, my lord, when he wrote his backstory, I was actually really quite impressed because he went in. So he said, I was excited because he is playing a knoll. And he chose to be a female knoll because in a knoll culture, the females are actually yep. massive compared to the knolls. They, they are the clear leaders of their species. So he decided to play a female knoll. And I thought, well, that was very interesting. So he sends me his backstory. And he's got in there, this is my tribe. These are the people in my tribe because there's only about 30 of us. These are all the people in my <laughs> tribe. Names and addresses. Yeah, he, he's put in names. He's put in, you know, uh, his his relationship with some of these people, why they were important to him, uh, what was going on with his parents. I was just like, oh, my goodness. He's just surpassed you in terms of his backstory. And and look, and we've, not, we've heard some but not all of it. We haven't heard – we've heard that he's the last one left. Yep. But we don't know if that is the last one alive or that is the last one because of some event that occurred yep. and he was separated. Yeah. Which I guess is leaves the maybe what he's trying to do is outmaneuver me. So he has the potential for thirty NPCs he, to appear he, over the this, coming over the hill. This is a fellow though. He hasn't played D D for, for fifteen years or something like that, yep. is what he was saying. So I guess he enjoyed the last session so much because in his message to me he was just like, I hope this is enough. And I was just like, oh, my oh, God. God. So he came with a voice. Clearly he's excited. Yeah, and he, he came had, with a voice. He came with a voice. He played a female. He actually tried doing a female voice. And, and at the end of the session, of course, he was asking, are you going to keep doing that? He said, I sure hope I can remember. But I thought it was, that was That's great. Fine. We he was, I mean, clearly, he was quite excited to be in this. And at times, he was dropping in and out of the voice, yeah. which meant that he was easily able to, to see the line between in character and Not out character. of character. Yeah. So, I mean, he's come in as a new character. Uh, Vision brought him to you guys, and all of a sudden he's knocking at your guys' front door. Yes. After you guys have just seen your two elves kind of disappear. Again, why did they disappear? In this case, I, I think my opinion on what I think was going on there was I, I think they got offended at one of what happened in a previous session, and they just wanted, now they wanted to move on. One guy kept, I know one guy was always asking about his next character, his next character, and to me, which sounded like he wanted me to kill his character. So I gave it a whirl. So I was just. I thought they were having a great time. I, I, I mean, they seemed like they were invested in their character, but yeah. the amount of times he, he talked to me in a PM and said, you know, my next idea for my next character is, and I was just like, it makes me feel sad because I wonder then what style of game does a person want to play? Like, what what is it that captures him? Maybe he's just one of these people that just enjoys making characters. And if you just enjoy making characters and you're only it's only exciting to play them for one session, then a campaign doesn't make sense. Yeah, and those two characters that they had, the characters these guys had created were... They played them incredibly well. Yeah. They, they, they stole and raped and pillaged and murdered anything that they could find. Yeah. And it, they were entertaining. The and whole time, the, they the, were always you, entertaining. The interesting thing is the one that was more communicative was the one that I, I thought was really upset because in session, I kind of scolded him. Uh, I, didn't, I don't think I called him out too much, but 
he, he did something. He didn't like my ruling at the moment. And I was just like, okay, we can discuss this after. And then we ran out of time. So I didn't have time uh, to keep discussing was, with him. But yeah. it wasn't him that just all of a sudden was like, it was, it was the other elf, the guy who played the other elf who was just like, okay, got it. We both have to leave. We've got a personal issue. One of the guys was saying that he never thought that the one, the guy who was playing the drow was ever really invested. And I, I, I thought when he was role-playing, because he had the best charisma, so he would end up doing a lot of the negotiating yeah. with merchants yeah. and whatnot. It seemed like he was really involved in that, but I mean, I these, these were the guys that went out and decided they would like to have logos. Yeah, well, and I, I, maybe the one, the other elf, the guy who played the other elf said that normally he, this guy likes to be out there playing the evil guy, stealing and whatnot. And yeah. Maybe because he didn't have opportunities to do that. Maybe that's, I that's don't true. have any idea. There All I know. There weren't a lot of opportunities to do that. Because as, as a party, you guys kind of set the rules. It wasn't really me. I, I yeah. said, you guys need to communicate with each other if you're going to do that stuff. And if the party's yeah. okay with it, whatever. But you need to communicate. You can't just do that. So, I mean, that was the only rule I stipulated. But... Mm -hmm. I, 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 I must say I was surprised. I, I sit here and I thought they were having a great time. Yeah. And, and maybe the nuances with what they were saying, you know, it was something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that their reason for, for bailing was not about the game itself. It, yeah, it I, makes more I, sense I, to I, me. I it makes more sense to me that they were playing. Clearly, they were playing as a pair. Yeah. And that was part of why they were there. Yeah. Which meant if one of them had an issue, then the other they, one was out anyway. They were talking, but, but yeah. So, so if one has an issue and and can't play. Yeah. then the other one goes, okay, well, if you're not playing, I'm not playing. And, and everything we're saying is just our opinion because yeah. the one thing that's clear is they both left and they said that it was a personal issue. When you look at it, should you care? As, as, a, Only, as a DM... From the point do, of view do, of feedback in terms of things that I can yeah. use as a tool. Are we still I'm one player short? Yeah, we're still one player. Yeah, I mean, okay. with the two of them leaving, yeah. we're four instead of five. But I'm Saber seems pretty good so far. He's sitting his stride, that guy. Yeah, yeah. And he has proved to be just he's he is quite funny. He's his subtlety when you do things to him or say things to him, like Elbrum's bird, pixie. Uh, when yeah, so Elbrum's got a bird and and uh, a pixie, not a bird. Elbrum's got a pixie. And Saber's been wading through the creek and he's now covered in sand. And, and Pixie goes and starts pulling the bits of sand out between the gears and various other delicate places. And the comments that he comes out with are so dry. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, like, it's just well, funny. So here's the scenario. So last session, the previous session, which we, we missed our, our, our podcast for that, but... In the previous session, you guys went on a mission very, very specifically for the elves. I really wanted to give them a bit of flavor for their backstory. And so I, you guys had returned to the tent after the whole mortuary incident, yeah. having gotten the body, finally delivering it to Karima. She did her speak with the dead. You guys returned to your tent. You leveled up. You all got to level three. And so while you guys are at the tent, all of a sudden... Uh, something happened and you guys were more or less entered a, a cavern that had been, you could say it was a trap, 
Yeah. But specifically at the end of that area was a treasure chest that had three very specific items that was important to those elves that totally tied into their backstory. And then after that, that was really just, you know, flavor for them. And then last session was back into, okay, Karima's here. She's like, where did you guys go? Stuff's happened. I've got a mummy who is after me. And I know that it's related to this calling cat that I have. We need to find this sanctuary immediately. Let's go. So you guys then are trying to interpret this rhyme and you get to the river of sand and there's a debate about north, south and stuff like this. <laughs> At which point we remind the DM that his idea of where the sun is in the sky is completely wrong. How is the sun? <laughs> don't, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. It's okay. going to go to air and people are going to look at you and go, no, no, he doesn't know. Mm. He doesn't. So anyways, so you guys figure it out and you, you go 360 feet south of this bridge and you're figuring out what do we got to do and then Elbrum has this brilliant idea I'm going to use my token it's a qual token of the of the tree (laughs) I'm going to put it into the the river of sand and a tree is going to sprout and we're going to find this thing and I'm just sitting here thinking to myself where did that come from where does it what what are these guys think and then of course you as Calidus I'm just like say I've got the 50 feet of rope I'm going to put a a pitten or, or an iron stake at the end of it, and I'm going to throw it into the river of the sand. And I'm just like, what, what are you hoping to catch? <laughs> well, we knew you were fishing. We have this really vague, vague half a poem, and it's only half a poem, yeah. and it says that it implies that under the surface of this river, there is an object. Yeah. So we are going with plant the tree, and if there's an object in there, then maybe when the tree grows, the whatever the object is will be yeah. in the branches of the tree, and I'm going <laughs> with that. Maybe this is like spearing a whale thing. And we are trying as best we can to avoid going into the river yeah. because we know from everything that we've heard, going if, you into the put river your, if you put your toes in the river, you will die. Yeah. One of two things will happen to you. You will either die or you will be changed in such a way yep. that you will become completely useless to the yep. party yep. and people will want to kill you. There's yes. no way that you can go into the river. It's not like you go in there to be baptised and come yep. out clean and yep. loving and all the rest of it. Yeah, if that, only bad things happen in the river. That, and that, that's right. It's The river of sand has a strong earth sense to it and there is plenty of legends and mythos that you guys have all heard of people who've, who've been sand-touched. Yeah. So... How do you go into the river and not become sand touched? So, I mean, yeah, Elbrum covered his mouth with the handkerchief and the gear force was brilliant to send a gear force guy because he doesn't need to breathe, but he's so but he did, but, and but, sand in his gears. And that was just like, what was Elbrum thinking when he thought he would go in? I'm sitting there going like, Elbrum's going to go into the river and now we're going to have one less player because there's <laughs> no way that he's going to survive this. Well, and I was just like, and I tried not to give things away, but I was trying very hard to be like, okay, be descriptive here on what exactly it is that you guys are trying to accomplish. Planting a tree in a fast-flowing river. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'll work. And I, I was just like, I mean, it's a brilliant, it's one of these brilliant trees. What's going to happen with this tree? Well, I mean, this is really earth magic, so... Yeah, the river reacts, and so I... I, I and the tree did really well. I think the tree as an NPC was brilliant. I mean, it, it sprouted <laughs> out of the ground. It was it looked magnificent. It was fantastic. Elbrum came back to the bank, and then the tree just washed down the river. Now, look, 
admittedly the finish wasn't that great. Yeah. But I, I have to admit, did incredibly well. I, I look at this, Ryan, and I, I was looking at it and looking at it as you guys were trying to figure out what to do. Now, I knew where to go. And so because I knew where to go and I looked at the rhyme, I could see the clues in the rhyme. And I was just like, how can you guys not see this? And so oh. because I had Karima there, I was trying to very we, subtly. We, we knew exactly where to go. And we had a fairly good idea that whatever, it was obvious that whatever it is, is going to be at the bottom of the river. And that somehow we're all going to get into the river, whether we like it or not. Yeah. But to actually, it, it really it was all about proving that it was there without getting killed in the process. Yeah. And, and I must say that after the tree episode, which didn't end well, uh, the tree went down the tree, but yes, Saber with his absolute fear of getting sand in his gears. That was brilliant role-playing there, I thought. Wonderful piece of role-playing. Yeah. 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 Um, I just love that, you know, Elbrum, both the sand and the Saber is just like, Saber doesn't respond, but you can kind of see from his metal yeah. that he's, it's like the fear of God has just been put in him, sand. And I was just like, wow, that's brilliant. Yeah. I did suggest that we could wash it out with water later on, but then water and fine <laughs> don't go together well either. So Saber looks pretty much doomed for whatever yeah. happens. But we did, however, manage to attach a rope to him through the, uh, the bum flap. Which he has yeah. the ass flap, he calls yeah. it, doesn't he? Yes, yes. That's, that's where that's the attachment point for robots. Yep. Uh, yep. For Gear Forge. And he did go down there and he came back. We did leave him down there for quite a while, didn't we? It's yeah. like, shall we pull him up now? Oh, a few more minutes won't hurt. He doesn't yeah. care. And this is where, at this point, too, and, like, and I, just, I decided that this was a great point in Discord where I pulled him into a private channel to tell yeah. him what he finds. So you guys are left alone wondering what's going on. He's down there and we're having a merry old little chit chat. He's asking questions and stuff like that <laughs> and whatnot. I'm sharing him a bit of some a map that he can see that you guys can't see. Yeah. And then we move back to the channel. I thought that was brilliant because move back to the channel and all of you guys are like, it's been very quiet for a long time. What are they talking about? <laughs> so what I could possibly be doing? This is where Discord and, and things like Discord using it as a tool or fantasy grounds where you can share a portion of the map with just one specific person. So they see something that you can't. I think yeah. that really adds. And to have you noticed that, have you noticed the Discord channel and the people that have played in this whole campaign, that when you drag them into a Discord channel and they come back, yeah. they, they are brilliant at, at not giving up anything unless they get asked about it. They will sit on that piece of information for yeah. as long as it takes. And me as a DM, I, I've, I've and, messed and that up a couple of times because I did that with you where you had found the rhyme and I was like, are you going to tell them? Are you going to tell them? And well, you yeah, were clearly I'm like, like, I'm, I'm not going to get them along. Well, this other person is here. I, don't oh, know. I can't do anything. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I did the same thing with the elves because I was just like, I mean, are you going to tell them that it's your mom? And they're like, hey, we were role playing this. I was just like, oh, yeah. I, I, really I actually, and I, look, I pushed them really hard for that. And yeah. I can't see why they didn't tell us. It was not like there was anything going to hear. Or I like, have no idea. That just was weird. Well, this, I think this ties into the business of them liking the idea of playing chaotic evil people because to them every drop of information is let's hoard this let's not give it away and to me that's very clearly that's that's a point of not playing with as a team player yeah that that, that doesn't help i mean and, and especially when you no. turn around and say like in the end of that, that that session it was 
if they were saying we must get out, we must get out, we yeah. must get out, yeah. the rest of us are sitting there going, why? We have no information to go on. Yeah, so that's right. So we're talking about when the elves found the, the chest, it had their mother's dagger, which was a masterwork dagger. It had their mother's climbing kit. Yeah. And it had a note from the person who put them there. Yeah. And only Ventus was able to decipher that note and know who it was from. And I took him into a private channel to give him what you conclusions he should be drawing from this. And again, he hinted when we went back into the, the, the main channel, he hinted at a few things with Morden and he whispered some stuff through fantasy grounds to Morden. And then they just had this reaction. And I, I don't understand. I tried not to step in. Like I, I said, that mother thing, which I shouldn't have yeah. because that was me interfering with their <clears throat> role playing, which, you know, yeah. shame on me. But ultimately I don't understand why you would keep that secret. And I mean, realistically, you guys were really reticent about following them. And, you know, perhaps that's a, a situation where it's like, I didn't want a party slip, split. So I really wanted you guys to follow. But at the same point, I understood where you guys are coming from. And if, if I was a player too, I'd be like, I don't want to go with you guys. Why would I go with you guys? You, yeah. What the hell just happened? Yeah. Yeah. What bit are we missing? Yeah. I mean, anyway. what? I, but anyway. Anyways. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that that's concluded with they've gone off into the sunset. That little plot arc is now gone. Same with the, the Black Sultan part plot arc, which was related that's to the, the Barbarian. Which but, hey, I really love that plot arc, but it's gone. It's gone. So, but at the same time, Saber is... But they could be resurrected. And Saber is... Saber's come back. Well, we, after... Or we, after we, we sent me her backstory, I've got another really cool, brilliant idea for a plot arc that... Has we can still resurrect the Black Sultan just by virtue of where, what he owns. Yeah, and yeah, we can yeah. we can resurrect. It's their, just we, we can resurrect their. Plot. It's still a, it's still a valid plot arc. It's just yeah. that it no longer has the same je ne sais quoi for 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 the barbarian because the barbarian. I mean, it was very specific. The Black Sultan killed his family, but it's still who the Black Sultan is and what and, he's and doing. His connections and by the same token, there's the dagger. What did happen to the dagger and the? They they took the it. They took it. Yeah, they got oh, okay. it because it was. Very clearly, it was Cassandra's dagger. So yeah. it was a masterwork dagger. So a masterwork dagger gives you plus one to attack, but it's not like a magic dagger, which is plus one attack and plus one damage. You yeah. just get plus one to the attack, not to the right. damage. So they could have dropped it on the way out, and we could find that you yeah. know it's been found at the auto out tent, picked up it's by Daryl, and he's stuck it in my special gear yeah. hiding place <laughs> where I could. No, perhaps not going to get away with that one either. No, you're to me. Yeah. You finding a spell scroll that you can add. So this was the other thing now. I mean, this was, a okay, I'm still new enough to being a, a DM. Yeah. You still new enough to being a player. Yeah. Clearly, we did not really understand the, the whole point the of, that at all. of adding a scroll to a spell book. What, no. what's, okay, so, you know, for those who are ignorant like us, the whole point, if you're playing a wizard, so a wizard gets, let's say you are a level three wizard, you'd probably have roughly 10 spells in your spell book, but you can only cast six of them. Six a day. So although you have 10, every morning you choose the six that you will prepare for that day. And Fantasy Grounds does a really good job of allowing you to choose which of those six are. So if you find a spell, a scroll, you can attempt to inscribe that into your book. And now all of a sudden, instead of 10, yeah, you will have 11 to choose from. And perhaps that spell is a brilliant one that you were just, you waited and you're like magic missile or this one. And 
ah, well, I've got to go with the damaged one, but oh, now you've got this one as another option because, you know, you just, you chose that it. it wasn't something you could do. Now, all of a sudden, it's in your book. So finding spell scrolls or as a wizard. Or spell books as well. Or, or yeah, spell books. Like if, if you get a spell book, you could I, I carry should... the extra five pounds of another spell book or, just or learn them. you could transcribe them into your book. Now, and, and, and at this point, I would like to make some constructive criticism. Can I please have a day off to do some of this? My yeah. poor character keeps yeah. getting back to the tent and then get cut. I've got a whole spell book. And, and interestingly, there's a bunch of cantrips that I don't have mm. that well, I could actually transcribe across. They won't cost me anything. And a couple of really good spells that would be nice to have as well. The other thing that I find interesting about this is that when you follow this through, that there is a limited number of spells that you can have. And, and transcribing a higher level spell, one that you can't actually cast now, yeah. will actually pay off in spades when you get to that level. Oh, so yeah. if I have a level four yeah. spell now that I can't use, yeah. by the time I get to be able to use a level four spell, I can pick up two level fours, which will give me three to pick from. Except the trick is, although you can transcribe a level four, the die roll to transcribe it is going to be much more difficult at a lower yeah. level than it is at a higher level four. Yeah. Because it's when you roll, you're rolling to beat it's like 10 plus the level of the scroll. Yeah. So if it's level four, you're going to have to roll a 14. And it's not kind of roll, isn't it? It's an arc- yeah, it's an yeah. arcana roll. Yeah. So, I mean, as you grow and level up and put more into your intelligence so your arcana goes up <clears> higher, yeah. it's easier to make those rolls. But who cares? I mean, 14 is not that bad. If you've got like a plus six to your thing, that's yeah, and it, still pretty and good. Again, odds. Yeah. My numbers are so good at doing that. That's, that's but that being said, but there's also a cost to it as well. Yeah. So you, yeah. you, you, have, you have to have to pay the money in the bank. To, something like 50 gold. So if you were... To, and, and if it fails, that's the end of it. It's gone. Yeah. I found a table too for things that could happen if it fails. So I'm, I'm oh, debating boy, whether or not to no, do that. No, let's not invoke the I'm going to die again. Well, I, 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 do I, know, I must say that I did read somewhere that there was... I, I'm going through and trying to figure out how this all worked and how, hung it together. And again, it goes back to being a newbie. And I did see there was this paragraph of if it fails and I'll, I'll just ignore that paragraph and go on to yeah. still figure out how well how it no there's it. but there are yeah there can be some serious whole, consequences with there, that. well there's a there's a there's a table to roll if you are as a wizard if this is a level six spell and you're attempting to do it which you can you can absolutely attempt to cast a level six spell even though you can only cast level two spells i didn't know. absolutely I, I you thought you couldn't do that oh no you could you roll for it now if you fail yeah. There is a there is a fail consequence for that. There's a homebrew one for fail consequence on transcribing, but that's that was, a homebrew one. That and I'm not. I, I probably won't use that. That was the one, one that I saw was yeah. the one on transcribing. I didn't realize that. So yeah. I didn't. I, I was of the opinion that, or under the impression that you could only cast spells well to the level that you know. Let's say you found two level six spells. Yeah. So you trans and they were the same. Uh, two level six spell scrolls. So you tran- You spent the time. You successfully transcribed a level six. Now, you can't cast that, uh, the one that you transcribed, until you get to level six. But with the, yeah, with the other one that's still spell scroll and it's like yes. you mass fireball or something like this, yeah. you could cast a try to cast that at your existing level. Yes. And maybe it works, yeah. maybe it doesn't. Yeah. But, I mean, it's no different than you using your Vril Stone because there's yeah. a 50-50 shot that it's going to go good yeah. or go negative. One so, of the Vril Stone is going to help me in transcribing spells. Possibly something I shouldn't go with. Maybe you should put it to one side out of the room because yeah, yeah. that could just all end in tears. But yeah, I mean, if you are transcribing, you pay 
Well, actually, it's fifty gold. It's a lot. I God, was there an increase on that? I know that if you if you have your spell book and you want to make a copy of your spell book, it's significantly it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. But if you are transcribing something into your spell book from a spell book that is unknown to you, it's, it's the act bit. of you having to figure out their whoever the other person is. You yeah. are translating their stuff while you're transcribing. That's the difficulty part that you have to. And, and, that's, and the scroll, I think the scroll of the, the cost of the two, I think, is much the same. You yeah. go from a spell book yeah. to a. At the end of the day, if I was to take all of the spells in the spell book that we found yeah. and transcribe them across, which is what I would like to do, I would be incredibly or, I'd be proud. Of let's let's say if you and Elbram were both wizards and you wanted to put your spells into his spell book, if you were transcribing into his spell book, it would just be the same as you making a copy of your own. So it would be at ten gold really? pieces. Yeah. And and same for him. So if you if you want to give him your spell, you'd transcribe to his, and then he would transcribe from his onto yours. I could know what you do that. So that means that we could actually exchange spells. Yeah. Now, so 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 that that well, and that would be good because that would mean that then the spell book that we picked yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, if you we could actually look at that and say which ones don't we need because the other person has them, and then we just simply transcribe across. And I mean, if you if you encountered an, uh, an spell wizard, and you managed to convince the wizard to to do yeah. something like that. I mean, that's that's. I mean, to me, this is being diplomatic. Like, for example, we God, I can tell you. So, played Westmark. This is the first time I played in Bollywood two and a half, three weeks. So, it was so nice to be able to play. I was glad I didn't do a session Thursday evening, and I I, I played instead because it was a lot of fun and. I went out with some experienced players and newbie players who were really new to the Westworld experience or Westmarch's experience, Westworld. So we went out and we encountered a Titan that was a skeleton of a Titan and all of his armor was intact and his sword was sticking in the, in the earth and a Titan is like double the size of the biggest giant. They're ginormous things. These are, these are the things that were there before the gods came to the land. So there's a Titan there. And the newbies are like, oh, let's go try to pull the sword out of the ground. Of course, this animated the Titan skeleton and it attacked us. And it's just like, oh my God, you guys, you're just like, let's shiny thing, let's go grab it. Yeah. And none of us were at any kind of level to deal with the Titan. So the first thing I do is in Celestial, because it's one of my languages, I'm just like, we mean you no harm, we mean you no harm. While the guy's throwing his, <laughs> shooting his crossbow at it. So I'm sitting here, and I think, I'm pretty sure, the clues that we were given, because we managed to get past that Titan, and the clues that we given, I think that he understood Celestial, because there was a bunch of Celestial messages in the location behind that he was protecting. Yeah. And uh, he was a prison guard. Right. Behind him was a prison. And yeah. inside that prison were some things. And I, I had so much fun. There was not the damsel in distress thing, but there was a bunch of cylinders that were intact, I didn't know this was a prison. I had no idea. I didn't sink in until very, very, very much later that this was a prison. So there was this woman who was seven foot tall and he shared this picture. And one of the guys was like, she's perfectly proportional. <laughs> and so after he said that and they couldn't figure out how to get through this, they left the, the chamber where she was at. And I'm sitting there as, as Camino and I'm just like, I take my mighty H-A-M-M-E-R <laughs> and I swing, I smash this thing and I rolled particularly well. So yeah. I busted the cylinder and she was free. So she was not breathing. So I put a healing spell on her and brought her back and woke her up. 
And it was just brilliant. You know, it was just funny. She spoke calm and how, ooh, that was just amazing. So the DM did a really good job of playing this up and, you know, playing up the whole business of finding out that this is a prison. That Titan was a prison guard and we could have been diplomatic. We could have maybe have gotten by because we were going there to find out about, there was a a crash spaceship with these creatures that got off of it. Smoke coming up. So we were there to investigate those creatures and find out about those creatures. Perfect opportunity. Yes, we might have awoken it, but maybe we could have been diplomatic. But so many people are like, let's fight, let's fight, let's fight. Yeah, that's and, that's the the and I was, I would have been in that game. I, well, I was actually half an hour. No, I was at the, at the, at the gym. Yeah. So I missed that one. It was 30 minutes. So I actually figured out that by the time I got back, it would have been 7 o'clock our time and that game started at 6.30 our time. Yeah, so yeah. I would have been half an hour late. I thought of sending a message saying, I'll be there, but I'll be half an hour late. And I thought that'd be a bit... Oh, that's a bit you know, that no, bad? I mean, you, you would have been like... With some of the DMs, it would have been just like they have no problems having eight, nine people in their in their sessions. I myself that one, just, that one he said he said eight and he had seven. Yeah, yeah. So. One guy didn't show, and it was actually quite entertaining because there were a lot of good players that showed up. Yeah, they? yeah. Well, he's a good DM. He's a really good DM. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's just it. Like as a wizard, and if you encounter another wizard NPC, playing up and being diplomatic. Being diplomatic, to me, I have no problem rewarding XP for being diplomatic. And I I, I realize, too, that I, you know, milestone XP rewards, I was sitting there thinking, I mean, you guys were level one for a really long time, but I was just like, what have you done to really deserve it? Because, yes, you can have an encounter here and an encounter here and an encounter here, and if I just throw encounters at you and you're just earning XP from, from encounters, I mean, that's just incentivizing fighting which is and really I, what I don't want I, to do. I you want you guys at, to solve puzzles. That's right. When you look at the Elbrum scenario and the two elves, mm. they Elbrum clearly likes the solving the puzzle thing. I like the solving the puzzle thing. Yeah. And it was demonstrated yesterday when we let's dive into the river of sand thing. Yeah. Everybody knows that the solution is at the bottom of it, but the puzzle is how do you get there? Mm. And so it is, we know it's down there. We know we have to go there. I really it, like it, you guys working out a system on how you're going to get each other down there. Uh, I, I, I was particularly fond of yeah. my system, which I thought was incredibly good and that you didn't allow me to do. I thought, <laughs> that, I thought the idea of just tying ourselves to, to the gear forge and dropping from about 100 feet into the air into the river of sand was a brilliant idea. We would have made it to the bottom. Or just The problem is that ourselves as soon as we hit the sand. There's no flying carpet that would carry and that way. Yes, no, and it probably wouldn't have worked. But yeah. yeah. And again, the, the, the spell solution was one. I actually would never have thought of that. I would mm. have never even considered that. I didn't know that you could do that. But well, you could, th- this you is could, the thing. You could take a spell and then modify it to deliver an outcome. This is one of those scenarios. Like, so. I, oh, and I did need to ask you a technical question. I'm assuming that since I have now successfully translated that spell and can invoke it, I can actually transcribe that into my spell book. Uh-huh. Yeah, so this is, this is something that we're going to have to do is uh, at the end of the day, so, for example, water breathing is a regular spell. Yeah. Being able to take a water breathing spell and figure out how to make it sand breathing. Yeah. yeah. You guys have had to return to your tent. And to me, this was definitely going to be a situation that's going to take <clears throat> at least a day. So I know you want to transcribe more, but from the point of view of... In this particular instance. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and that, again, does become part of the issue about managing the, the time and what you do. 
when you are not actually out doing something. I have a list of things that I want to achieve. There are, you know, half a dozen spells I'd like to transcribe. The opportunities just aren't coming up. Yeah. And as you say, in this particular case, we have, we found out where the target is. Yeah. We've gone back, we transcribed the, the, the spell. That's, that's it for that day, isn't it? Like, that's it. Well, for me, I'm, I'm, there, I'm going no, to, I'm, I'm, to me, I'm starting the next session as you guys have returned to the tent. Now what? I, I actually think that you could, you could skip that session. You could actually skip the return of the tent and just go, you've returned to the tent with the spell and come back again. We'll I see. don't think anyone's, we'll see. Oh no, you've got another devious pot lined up at the tent. So, yeah. I'm beginning, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to get really fed up with going back to this tent because every time we go back to the tent for a rest, it doesn't happen. Well, I mean, you can always get interrupted. You guys, you guys can choose wherever you want to go. I, I, I will oh, do that in Discord. We, we would go. go. We, we would. I think there are a series of things. Um, that but you're, okay, what? but guess, what's, <laughs> guess what's arrives the next day? At the tent? Yes. Daryl. No, no. Your house. Your no. dark weave arrives. It'll be Thursday. Thursday. I've been wondering what happened to that. It's, it's been, they were, it has been so long that I don't even know what it does. Yeah. So it finally yes, arrives because it was going to arrive on Thursday oh, at good. your tent. So oh, your, your dark and, weave and, clothes will arrive. And the other guys haven't been told that we're going to the, to the dance yet. That's so, right. Saber and they need uh, to know. Saber and Oraki, who are both new, don't know about the invitation to the pile of court. That's right. And and again, we've got to teach them. Yeah, Saber's got to learn. As far as Saber Sa- 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 doesn't give a crap, he's not going to have any blood to, to be worried about. And yeah, he'd be. You know, that, that's, that's, that's going to be interesting. That's, that's, be, you know, the whole idea. How is she going to deal with that? The whole idea of gear forged or war forged or like robots in in these worlds. It's it actually makes a good point. Wood, sand, they're magical beings with their a soul inside them. Wood, sand, affect them. Wood, water, affect them. I would argue, I that, it, I would argue that it should. I would argue that, that sand, for example, would be an issue in terms of, of speed and distance, that kind of thing. And I would also argue that water in terms of rust, but where the sand would be instantaneous, Unless the, the water would be something. Like currently it's drizzling, right? We have been wandering around with this bloke in the drizzle for the last three days. Yeah. By now, he's got to yeah, be suffering. Yeah. Yeah. By now, you could actually almost Unless, say, you know, you've got exhaustion I, I, or encumbrance on I, you. I've got to ask him what kind of metal he's made from because I, I don't know if there's a choice in the metal that you use, but I mean, if it was something like mithril or adamantium, yes, make it adamantium, he's okay. Fine. But then if it was mithril or adamantium, his, his AC would be just ridiculously high. But I, I would you make a gear for it out of mithril or adamantium? Yeah, I would say yes. Why wouldn't you? If you if you had the resources, yeah. you'd, you'd do it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that would tie, tie into his backstory. So, I think I'm going to, in Discord, I'm going to have to ask that question because you're right. It has been raining for three but, days. And he, and, and he has a, you've got to look at his AC and say, well, what's, that's got to be a giveaway. Mm. If his AC is at, you know, 37, I, I, I then you, yes, you can be made of adamantium yeah. or all that's fine. Yeah. And, and the other one, too, is that we need to, to look at the maintenance from his point of view. Yeah, well, that's because the beauty. We, we, we didn't we, actually know until. No, well, he, the, the read up. I didn't buy the, the module for that. I actually had bought the PDF for that because that was before the module came out in Fantasy Grounds and I'm not going to pay more to do it. So I took my, the PDF that I purchased and I, I finally converted what's in the PDF and put it into, to Fantasy Grounds so that it's there. So, I mean, I was going through it and it very clearly talks about things like how a mending spell will actually, so you cannot do a stabilize and use healing yeah. kit or, or medicine 
to stabilize him. Someone with the mending ability can stabilize him. Right. So mending will not heal him. But there's a couple of other things. Like if he just sits for a short rest and focuses on some maintenance activities, he will be able to heal up like half of his oh, heal right. points or something. So there's certain things he can do as a gear forge that are good. But from a, a mechanical point of view, he's got to take time to do them in order to affect them. So, so if we want to, and so this then brings up that a portion of healing does not work on yeah. him. So we need to figure out how we're going to mend him out in the field. Yeah, and because I don't know, but I when I was talking to Daryl the other day, Daryl did explain to me that he went to a special school with his last master, where he Daryl the Cobalt. Yes, Daryl oh, the Cobalt. Okay. So and Daryl the Cobalt studied advanced Meccano. Oh, well, there we go. And and so. If Daryl was to come with us, Daryl the slave, <laughs> Daryl our pet cobalt, we do know that Daryl would be able to get him to a functional state because Darryl, he, did pass, he did pass his first semester of gearforge repair and so maintenance. The four cobalt brothers that were all named Daryl, Hakan, their masters, sent <laughs> all four of them to school to be educated in, to deal with gear in various things. Well, not just gearforge; there were other things as well. And you know how they talk amongst themselves? Mm. Well, the current Daryl, he actually learnt Gearforge at school. Yeah, so <clears throat> the other three Daryls, of course, they before emerged. they were killed, had actually passed some of the information to our existing Cobalt Daryl. And because they were twins, and, and, all from the same egg. Yeah, <laughs> and it all transferred incredibly well. I'd have to speak to Daryl again to find out what those other pieces of information that he has secretly Memorized so I'm sure that I'll, I'll remember it later on. Daryl's going to now have to make sure he's with you guys on every adventure just to heal Saber. Well, yeah, or else we've got to figure out how much Saber weighs and whether we can actually carry him well, back. Well, you know, this, it, actually, it does can make you, it interesting. Can you kill a Gearforge? Yes, absolutely. But it actually makes a good point. You know, you raise an interesting point because Elbrum now has a familiar, and his familiar is this pixie. Yeah. So at the beginning, I was sitting there thinking, I like the idea of a pixie because Tinkerbell, and normally yes. you can't have a pixie as a familiar, you can have a sprite, and a sprite is not as strong as a pixie, but I like the idea of a pixie, so I was like, okay, you can have a skin down. A, a lightweight pixie. A lightweight pixie, so it doesn't have all of the pixie abilities and whatnot, and I, I, at the beginning, I was just going to be like, it only speaks Sylvan, but then I was like, the elves speak Sylvan, and that, I didn't want that. So I, I wanted Elbrum to have choose a, a language for the pixie, and then I was just like, no, it's, you guys can't understand the pixie, but uh. we need to understand. But at the end of the day, the what I liked is Elbrum was like, I want to role play the pixie, and I was like, I'm gonna do yeah. a voice. I don't know, maybe, but I want to role play the pixie, and I was like, okay, cool. So I have some ideas of what I want to do with the pixie, but I love the fact that he's going to try to role play her as another character. But he, and he's already he's already yeah. doing yeah. that. So yeah. so that, and I think that that's I do, I do like the idea that you will make the pixie do things that he has to pick up and run with. Yeah, and the pixie has huge potential the way he plays with that yeah. pixie. Yeah, to deliver some pretty amazing stuff. I got a kick of when you guys were in the cavern and you're like, let's send her up into there. And I was just thinking, okay, send her up. And uh, pixies Nothing are happened. pranksters. <laughs> so what would they do? And so I was just like, I'm gonna let him role play. But if he's going to say something like the pixie's going to do this amazing, wonderful thing, I'll be like, the pixie's not going to be your saving grace um, unless, you know, it really calls for it. And she is a prankster. So I'm, I'm going to have some fun with that, I think. Yes. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, taking on Daryl to become, if you want to 
play Daryl as another person who's going to be involved with the party. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, kind of like a familiar, except that you can't use him to do familiar things. But yeah, I, I have no problem I'm with someone role-playing an NPC. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, I think Daryl can be an accomplice, but... Um, but he's he, not he, educated. He, he was a slave. He could see on the side. His, his master was a total rogue. No, I think, I think yeah, he could be pretty <laughs> gold for you by being yeah, the beggar in the street. He, I think I think he could oh, poor bugger. No, I think Daryl can stay at home and do the housework. But when when we do bring Saber back, and he's housework and machine maintenance are pretty much the same. So <laughs> you know, he, he can shine out the various bits that haven't quite. They've got yeah, a bit damaged, he'll polish, and he can, polish and he can polish pick out the bits of sand. And so while while Saber is in his maintenance mode, he wakes up and oh. I'm all polished. In fact, yeah, I mean, you would look at that and say that if, if Saber had a, a short break in the presence of Daryl, then he would recover fully because that would be Daryl. Daryl uses pine salt spray to give him a nice scent. Where's that WD-40? We can make that work yeah. quite well. Yeah. Too funny. Get in there with a toothbrush and clean out the various bits. All things said and done, I, although last session was, I mean, we were introducing Oraki and Oraki was new mm. to Fantasy Grounds and hadn't played for quite a while, so he was new to 5e as well. So there was a lot of little bit of learning discussions going on there. Yeah. And, and I realized too, I, I really stepped back because, I mean, the fact is, is this is not West Marches. I have to make sure I, I give you guys the time. Whereas in West Marches, there's like, you better learn and know it because yeah. when you come in, the players want to play. They, yep. There's not That's about us mind. teaching you anything in session because <clears throat> it'll be new players together mm. who've never played before. So there's not going to be any of that. Yeah. So I, I stepped back and was like, yeah, let's make sure he knows and learns and what's not because it's yeah. different style. But even though that happened, I was very happy with how that session went. I thought it went, I, I thought we would get a lot further than we did. We didn't, but overall the role playing I thought was brilliant. And, and again, it really did get Iraqi in, in yeah. that position there. The interface part of Fantasy Ground came into picture that because, as you say, he's never done it before. Yeah. So that sort of put him into that. Yeah. He's got the voice. Yeah. He's getting the technology part, configuring the character. Yeah. I think that by the time we get to next Thursday, he will be in full flight. There will be no stopping him. Yeah. And I think that he will have it all. Yeah. Well, he is. He, um, the guy who plays Elbrum said that he's actually pretty computer savvy. So. Yeah, that's always a plus and yeah. picking stuff up and things like that. And he PM'd me and he was making comments. It, it's pretty brilliant. A lot of the things that Fantasy Grounds uh, allows you to do. Yeah. I mean, and that to me, that's just the whole thing. That's why I enjoy Fantasy Grounds is that you get the automation down. And once the automation's down, it's just really about the story. So you don't have to sit there and be thinking and spend wasting so much time. As no. well. And to me, I, you know, I, I like combats and I like rolling the dice and stuff like this. But I really love the storytelling and seeing what you guys do. And, and I really do, as a DM, i got to step back quite a bit and not accidentally blurt something out that you guys are trying to role-play and really recognize they're role-playing that moment instead of, come on, what you did, don't you see the obvious? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, in, in some cases, you said the obvious. I, I think we're quite conservative in what we do. Yeah. I think we are very, we can see that it's there and it's, what is the least possible risk that yeah. we can take to get there? Yeah. yeah. And I, I've actually, I haven't made a decision on this yet because I know that Elbrum was really trying to protect and make sure that the sand didn't get into orifices. Yeah. 
So I'm really trying to make come to a decision. Do I have something happen to you guys for being immersed in the sand? I, I don't know. It could be because like oh, I was sitting there thinking it, the other day, it's so I was listening in the West Marches thing. This one guy, we were in an area being affected by an energy that we didn't understand. All of a sudden, one guy, he, he started getting scales all over his skin. And my medicine check said that using oil would be good. Nobody had oil, but the guy who was sick had a bag of holding. And inside his bag of holding was a jar of mayonnaise. That's so right. we used the mayonnaise. <laughs> and in the end, what the DM decided was that the scales, although he was no longer inhibited, because the scales, when it formed, he could not move. He was no longer inhibited by the scales, but the benefit was now his base armor class was 13 That's instead of 10. So I was just like, yeah, absolutely. Something crazy could happen, but it doesn't necessarily have to be and, uh, and, a and, negative thing. And Rami, before we done time again, was rummaging around in the sand all the time. Yes, in the river. that's right. So and he's the, I mean, that was the only thing that I found out of this whole river of sand thing. That's and the only fact that we know where you don't necessarily get. And, and you remember, Rahid, he found the Grimalkanai at the pit. Yeah, which is the... Karima told you someone else was actually river diving and found this sanctuary where this eye was located. So he was diving into the river. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that this is going to be a, a, a D100 that, yeah. that you figure out what happens. But I mean, the, and the again, thing is too, is I, I remember even, even when we were playing in that other game where we were both players and you got cursed. Yeah. That was actually really entertaining as you played out that curse, you know, and we were like, let's cut his arm off. I actually wanted just, you to cut my arm off. I yeah. that, to me, that was like, please cut my arm off. That would be yeah. great. Well, you know, it's, it's the things are curses can be really interesting things. Like another DM was telling me, he was like, this guy found this armor and when you attune to it, it activates the curse. And he was asking me, well, when the armor is cursed, can he remove it? Because he's got the remove curse spell. And I was like, well, first of all, remove curse does not remove the curse from the object. It breaks the attunement. It will remove the curse from the player, but it doesn't actually remove the curse from the object. So mm -hmm. it will break the attunement with the object, but he cannot remove the curse from himself because that's just too much. Yeah. I you, you need a third party to do remove the curse from so yourself, you, even if you've got the spell. But then, because he's aware of the curse, he wants to continue to wear the armor, but he's not going to attune to it. And I was just like, no, no, no. If he knows that the armor is, is cursed and the attunement activated it in the first place, the act of wearing it because now I know it's cursed, but I want the benefit of the armor, no, no, no. That's just now a player trying to get yeah. some extra advantage but you can a, you can remove a curse. You can have a curse removed from an object. It's it's a, by it's taking a, it to a person who is capable of doing that. No, to a, he, a, a he, wizard or a shop or a, if if the object <clears throat> has some very specific. So for you remember the Grimalkin eye. Well, it, it my, said my, my sword the Grimalkin eye said to remove the curse, it needs to be bathed in the blood of the high priestess of Bastet. To destroy the Grimalkin eye, yeah, you needed to do that. that. So some objects might very specifically say in order to remove the curse, you can do this. But as a DM, what I would do is I could have a, a, a very skillful person just remove it. But yeah. it's much more fun to be able to create a plot out of it and say, to yeah. remove this curse, you must go and do this. Yeah. You know? Well, so, I'll talk to the... Yeah, I think we're pretty much done for this 
yep. session. Until next time, thanks everybody for listening.